It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's start with this wild meeting of Richmond City wild Council last eat. night. Yeah, this was People really wild. the meeting, chanting, no drugs. No drugs, no drugs. Malcolm you had the Brody, mayor there. The mayor, you know, responding, slashing back. So, yeah, 16,000 people signed a petition. Yeah. Uh, and now, John, see, BC Conservative leader John Rustad, who had on earlier this morning, yes. has jumped on this, trying to make this his issue, one of his issues, which look for this to continue. Rustad is running his party, sort of taking this, um, this these views of whether it's uh, drug uh, policy, uh, UNDRIP, First Nations policy, land use. He's taking that sort of significantly right-wing shift. Oh, yeah. And hoping that's where he can draw some votes. And it's interesting to track where BC United's going. So what we've got a little game going on right now. You've got Rustad actually, I think, leading the debate and dragging BC United behind him yeah. uh, to take yeah. similar positions. Yeah. And they're not quite there, although Eleanor Sturko was at that meeting uh, yesterday. So um, it's interesting to see those two parties sort of evolve. And Rustad seems to be leading the charge here. Yeah, they're both trying to they're both trying to stake out that turf there for sure. Let's listen to a little bit of this mayhem last night. This is Richmond City Council last night. Not teaching their children not to Yeah, drugs. yeah, yeah. This is not some kind of a theater or a carnival. <laughs> okay, as Rich, Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody I actually there. covered Richmond Council back in the 80s when I worked. Were ever, was that ever like that? Talk about <laughs> staid, boring oh. meetings. Yeah. I w- was a cub reporter for the Richmond Review, oh. which is no longer in existence. And um, I forget who the mayor was back then. But no, certainly uh, sort of a laid-back uh, council where... Land use decisions were the big issue. So, yes, yeah. yesterday, quite uh, quite the event. Well, this issue has really touched a nerve there, clearly, in Richmond, right? Yeah. So the the proposal... Well, it touches a nerve there. Yeah. It could conceivably touch a nerve in other communities. Sure. If something like this is uh, planned. So it, it's sort of one of these potential election issues at the local level in certain areas of the province yeah. <laughs> might emerge as a... As a vote turner, Rustad's clearly trying to take advantage of that, and we'll see what BC United does. Well, let's listen to Rustad here. So this is the conservative leader, John Rustad. He was on this morning. He debated Cash Heed, his former colleague there, yep. and who is now a Richmond City Councillor. So we have both sides of it. So Heed supports this drug consumption site in Richmond. Rustad is opposed to it. They duked it out here this morning. Let's listen. But there's no question that safe supply and decriminalization are not working. We would certainly end, end that nonsense. Well, I've got to tell you, these sites don't encourage drug use. They're trying to actually save these people's lives. Yeah, it kind of sums up the debate right there. Yeah, I mean, Rustad's taking the view that the old way worked when there's no evidence to suggest that worked. I mean, 12,000 people died of drug overdoses before decrim. So yeah. that, that approach yeah. wasn't working. Now you could argue this approach isn't necessarily working either. But Rustad's clearly trying to uh, tap into some emotions yes. that are out there uh, around the issue of drug use, and Heed is taking the more law enforcement, dry analytical approach, um, and we'll see where it lands. So, uh, how that translates into the election, we don't know. Yeah, now that's the interesting part because we're we got an election coming up here in the fall. Those you touched on this yesterday that Richmond used to be sort of a safe BC Liberal mm-hmm. turf and social credit before that. Yeah, so it was more of a conservative part of Metro Vancouver, and the Liberals and Socreds before them did well. The NDP now they got what? There are three seats there. Yeah. I think the NDP got two of them now, right? Yeah, the NDP is well. There's one that stretches into Queensboro. So. Yeah. 
Um, there's three there. They, Teresa Watt is the lone BC United, former BC Liberal. Yes. Uh, the demographics are changing in Metro Vancouver uh, to favor the NDP and the sort of small L liberal right. approach. And the, the Conservatives are not faring as well when it comes but to But if this election. issue suddenly catches fire in an election over drug, oh, drug sure. issues. Russ says, Russ says, you know, could he win there? Like, conservatives sure. go in there and win those seats. Sure. You know, I mean, they. I mean, there is a theory that the BC Conservatives are simply going to replace the BC Liberals yeah. as the alternative to the NDP and stamp out BC United. And certainly, you think that's going to happen? I don't. I don't think so. I think no. BC United has more money. Yeah, uh, they have a more of a party infrastructure. They're running ads for yeah. finally for the for the first time in a long time. Uh, so they've got a they've got a better party infrastructure. But the conservatives are basically uh, Rustad's running on emotion and tapping into some significant right wing views that play well outside of Metro Vancouver than they do in Metro. But there are pockets, you know, safe injection sites could be um, could be a, a hot button issue in not maybe all of Richmond, but in the one riding where that site is planned. Yeah, and could this end up helping EB though if? If Rustad gets on a roll in ridings like that, where he takes away some vote support from BC United, splits that vote, and the NDP just run the table on a lot. Oh of yeah, stuff. I mean that's the other scenario. The NDP runs the table on the yeah. vote split. Where the NDP, I've talked to senior Democrats that are a little concerned though. Again, if it's not a vote split, it's simply the Conservatives replacing the old Liberals. Yeah, and that's a, in a two-party fight. It's hard for the NDP to win. Yeah, you know historically they lose more often than they win. Now, given that, having said that, EB is popular. The government is popular. That wasn't the case in the 1990s where they had unpopular premiers and unpopular governments. Yeah. Um, that's that's not been the case with this government. They've been flying high in the polls and at election time. And they're, they're right now the opposition, the alternatives are split and they're not, they're not really well organized. Speaking of BC United, the former BC Liberal Party, you mentioned that they've started this ad campaign. So there was one played during the first hour of the show here and you hear Kevin Falcon come on and he says roughly... When I was in government, I solved problems. If I saw a problem, I went out and fixed it. So that's what I'm going to do again. And I thought it's kind of interesting. He's trying to kind of subtly remind people that he was in government Too before. Subtly, I think you could argue. What is he trying to do there? Is he trying to he, remind people, yet, hey, don't forget we're the former BC Liberal Party, well, he, but he doesn't but want to he say... He won't mention the words BC Liberal. Yeah. And this is the problem, I think, with a, with a so-called rebranding campaign. You're not telling people what your old brand is. You're not again. I go back to when our station, we're global. We used to be BCTV, huge brand in, in the province, just probably the, one of the most recognizable brands. We then had to become global. It, it was a two-year process, and we started out being BCTV on global. Yes, yes, and twinning everybody uh, that BCTV is global. Global is BCTV. That went on for at least a year, and in fact, the, the logo for the BCTV part started to get smaller and smaller and the global logo started to get bigger and bigger but after two years everyone was very clear global was the old bc tv it took a long time it took a long time yeah. and it was very uh, right in your face that bc tv is global global is bc tv that's not what the liberal the united party is doing they're just saying we're bc united and falcon's referring to his time in government as if he wasn't I don't think people remember a lot of that. And no. again, he won't mention that he was part of the BC Liberal government. No. And that's a tough rebrand. Yeah. Okay. Watching that closely. Let's finish up with the Arrive Can app. Man, this bombshell audit that went off like a rocket yesterday in Ottawa. So this is a $60 million app. The Auditor General thinks it's $60 million. Maybe it was more than that. There are so many missing invoices. Let's listen to the Auditor General here. This is Karen Hogan. 
public service did not ensure that Canada received best value for money. I would tell you that we paid too much for this application. The Canada Border Services Agency's overall management of contracts was very poor. This greatly contributed to our conclusion that the best value for money was not achieved. Okay, this is bad for Justin Trudeau, but everything's bad for Trudeau these days. Yeah, right? that's why I don't think it necessarily is going to have this huge impact. I mean, the last poll from Abacus Data yesterday was like a 19-point lead for the Conservatives. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And so something like this, if, if it was a neck-and-neck -neck battle and things were tight, this could have a much bigger bigger consequences than it's going to have with the public opinion. I don't, I don't think this takes the gap between the Conservatives and the Liberals from 19 points to 29 points. It just cements that 19-point gap, and it makes it that much harder for the Liberals to, to come back. So do you think this this cake is already baked here, that uh, Polyev's got such a big lead that he can't it blow seems, it? It seems, but there's still a little, you know, more than a year to the next election. Yeah. You know, there's time for him to stumble. We've talked yeah. before, has he peaked too soon? Are people going to get tired of Polyev? Um, and do know, people underestimate Trudeau? I mean, Trudeau has been he's has a good problems campaigner, before. But, you know, you have to wonder if the best before dates, you know, is yeah. expired. This time know? it seems different. It seems know. different. And yeah. again, you don't see. So he's going to be at the 10 year mark and governments don't usually last past 10 years yeah. federally, at least. And I think that's and that's another big thing. Poliak's going for him is their voter fatigue with Trudeau. Sure. And again, Poliak seems to be tapping into some disaffected liberals and disaffected new Democrats. Yeah. You know, um, you look at the, the electoral map in B.C., the old reform party back in the 90s used to win ridings currently held by the NDP. Because that's the anti-government vote. And I think cons the Conservatives are well poised to take a bunch of NDP ridings in uh, B.C. along with the Liberal ridings. I think the only safe NDP seats are probably Davies and Jenny Kwan in the east side of Vancouver. And that's about it. Maybe Laurel Collins here in Victoria. But, you know, remember, just, just right beside us is the Squamalt. Normally, the working-class riding that goes provincially NDP was held by Keith Martin of the Reform could go conservative. Party for a number of years, and that yep. could go conservative as well. Okay, it's Baldry's Beat. We go right to your phone calls. Richard in Richmond. Hey, Richard, go ahead. Hi there. I, just one question that I, that I haven't heard, heard asked, and maybe you can, could answer it, is how could this physically... I'm talking about the Arrive Can, by the way. How could this physically go from... One million up to sixty million. Like, was, did they have a blank check? Was is somebody just signing checks? They don't know what they are, or like, I almost have the image of these two consultants sitting in a room laughing, saying, "I just sent them another invoice for a million, and they signed it. Yeah. Send another one." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, uh, you might not be wrong. So, first of all, this is an unprecedented situation. So, there's no rule book. There's no. There didn't seem to be a guidebook. Oh. And sure, you can certainly see a situation where people take advantage of the fact that we've never done this before. Therefore, there's no nothing to check against. And the other general paints a pretty vivid picture. Oh yeah, of something like that occurring. Oh, that, these two IT bros, you know, that got this contract and then they subcontracted so everything. We, we've had we've had smaller versions. Of, remember, we, we had an IT scandal in healthcare here in BC a number of years ago, and yes. it was a classic example of some IT people. Yeah. Taking advantage of the complete lack of knowledge of non-IT people, right? Who are intimidated? I have to say myself. You know, I get into a computer problem. My phone or computer guys are geniuses. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. No. You start applying that on a company basis, and you can see how you can get snookered. Sure. By uh, the fact being sold a bill of goods on a technical ba on technological basis because you know have no knowledge of it, and I think that may have been part of the problem here as well. Yeah, I think so too. Mike in Surrey. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey guys. Uh 
what was that Richmond Council thinking opening up this can of worms? I worked and owned a building in Richmond for 32 years. There's their own little world in there, and they should have known darn well that that community is not going to accept drugs or a drug consumption site anywhere near it. There was no need for that. You know, they elected Cash Heat so that they wanted law and order. I mean, he's pretty much shot himself in the foot. He's done. He won't be reelected there. You can mm. put that on a tape. But, man, I, I would live there. They're not going to let this thing go, and they're going to be on top of this thing all the way to the bitter end. And if, even if they open that place, it's going to be a, it's going to be a desert because they'll make sure nobody goes there. Mm. I think people don't realize that Richmond does have its own little world. They don't worry too much about the council. That's that's ridiculous. You know, yeah. uh, I, I, it's a diaspora that really does is against drugs, and it's it's so concentrated that they're so powerful that they will really do a number on this on this one. I think yeah. the council really should just let well, this you're, one you're right. That's, I mean, having worked in Richmond, Richmond is fu- is fundamentally different than Vancouver sure. or sure. Burnaby. It is yeah. a sort of a world in its own. It's you know the river separates it from other communities and um, there's it's a very large chinese canadian population and you know you don't want to generalize completely but typically there's some conservative attitudes around around drug use people are worried about their kids there is so more so than other communities and they're and organized clearly against this injection site like that was a huge crowd there last night and again very unusual in richmond which speaks exactly when again sixteen thousand people on a petition i usually pay no attention to petitions but that's you know in a small community that's not i wonder what i wonder what's going through cash heed's mind on that one now if he's wondering like oh my god like he stuck to his guns here this morning on it like he said look this is the right thing to do. He's probably hoping that this goes away before the well, next vote. Well, I don't think it's going to go away. Steve in White Rock. Hey, Steve, go ahead. Hi. I, I had uh, a property in Point Roberts, and coming back uh, through uh, from Point Roberts back into to Washington, they were particularly rude, the uh, the, uh, the uh, feds there, uh, the uh, border guards. They said stuff like, I said, oh, I can't pick up Wi-Fi. Can I, can you, can I come into your office to use yours? One said, we're not interested in your tech problems. Another one said, because I couldn't pick up Wi-Fi, you see that parking spot over there? Sometimes Wi-Fi comes into that corner. Of so you're, talk, you're talking about the ArriveCan app, right? Yeah. Did, it ever work, did it ever end up working for you? Well, eventually it did. But another one no. was when I said, I'm having trouble getting the Wi-Fi updated. They said, well, we don't have Wi-Fi, or the ArriveCan update. They said, we don't have Wi-Fi at this border crossing. I wanted to say I thought he was lying. But, you know, I wasn't interested in getting, don't say that. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> Never say that. Yeah. No, you're going to get in trouble. You do. Steve, thank you for the call. Well, I mean, I mean we, we, recall, we all use this thing. Well, you recall there were a lot of problems with this. There were at the start, at, for at sure. At the start, yeah. for sure. And yeah. I think uh, the Auditor General's report reflects some of those problems at the beginning as well. Keith, thanks for coming Talk in. Tomorrow. All right, that was Keith Baldry, and that was Baldry's Beat.